Welcome to another episode of the Grove Podcast. Today, my special guest is Casey Norkit. Mm-hmm. Casey, why, why would you drink right when I introduced you? You're getting ready to ask me something. I'm preparing my voice. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <coughs> Casey Norkit, our missions pastor. Let's talk a little bit about where you're from, kind of a little bit of history on you, and uh, we'll kind of move along like that. Uh, born and raised in Charlotte. My parents, well, my mother, she was born, she's a northerner. She was born in Maryland. My dad was born here in Charlotte, but all my family's from here. So I uh, lived just about two miles from our Harris campus growing up. So my parents joined Hickory Grove in 1985 when I was three years old. So it's my, this is my home church. It's the only church I've really ever known. Yeah. And so Charlotte is, is my city. Did you grow up with like Matt Phipps? Matt Phipps was my, was my youth pastor. When Matt Phipps. Oh, so he was already grown when you was coming up. That's what you're saying. Oh yeah, <laughs> he he been an adult for a long time. He uh, <laughs> sorry, Matt. When Matt started as the middle school pastor was when I started middle school. Okay. So Matt was, I mean, we joke, but Matt was very instrumental in my discipleship as yeah. uh, as a young man in middle school and high school. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Matt baptized me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know? I guess you you were here when Pastor was here the first time, then, right? I was. How was that? Uh, he may not remember this or not, but he used to disciple me. Pastor Clint <laughs> discipled you. We would meet on Wednesday, late afternoon, right before Wednesday Just y'all two? Just, just the two of us. Now, how, how old were you? I was 20, just got married, so I was 21, 22. Okay. And he was, I don't know. 50, probably. He'd been, 50, some... he'd been holding on to 50 for about two <laughs> decades. But he uh, he wasn't much of me. He was he came here when he was 30, right? Something like that? Uh, something so like he that. wasn't much older than that. So we would meet in his office on on Wednesday afternoons right before he would preach on Wednesday evenings. Mm-hmm. What I, all kind of stuff did he I say I had to, to have you? goals, spiritual goals, you know, goals as a husband. And then there were obviously some physical physical goals I had to had to have as well. Yeah, like doing some lifting Most stuff. Most of those whatever. didn't get, didn't get yeah. met. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, let's... Um, Let's talk about your family. Let's talk about Amber, how you guys met. Um, yeah, give us that whole story. <clears throat> yeah, my wife, Amber, we've been married for coming up on 17 years this year in, in July. Mm-hmm. We met at Hickory Grove in the college ministry here at Hickory Grove and uh, dated in the college ministry. I started, I started telling people we were getting married. I was going to marry her before we were even dating, though. Mm-hmm. That was weird. She didn't even know it. Yeah, that's weird. Why is that weird? I don't know. You probably, I mean, you can't you, say that kind of stuff. You got to plant the seed real deep in her mind. Oh, boy. So she thought of it herself. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely out, out punted your <laughs> there's, coverage. There's no doubt. Out punted there, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah go ahead. There is no doubt. But we, uh, we met here at Hickory Grove, uh, started dating in 2002, got married in 2003. Uh, right after we started dating, though, she moved out of the country. She lived in South Africa, okay. worked at an orphanage for about a school year. Really? Mm-hmm. So we never lived in the same city our entire dating span. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she moved to South Africa. Mm-hmm. She had worked at an orphanage there while okay. in college. Okay. And then after she graduated from UNC Charlotte, she went back to help uh, that orphanage. What, what school did you graduate from? UNC Charlotte. Oh, okay, okay. So she, she went back there, and then we got, she came back, and then we got married in 03, lived here for a couple years, and then went to Southeastern Seminary. Okay. Now, 
I was asking about the college deal because mm. there's a, I had heard. Mm -hmm. My athletic career? Let's talk about your athletic career. So I went to community college for a year because okay. that's all that would, that would take me. Did you not make good grades? Mm -mm. Wow, I mean, why? I read one book <laughs> in high school, The Great Gatsby. Oh, of all books, you picked that book? That's a good book. Not like Lord of the Flies or anything like that? That was a good book. No, no, no. Yeah. Read one book okay. in my entire high school career. So I wasn't planning on college much or didn't mm. think about it much. So I went to CP, but I had a coach that coached like me in, in baseball in, in high school. And he went to a small college, Limestone College, mm -hmm. which nobody knows where it is, but if you're yeah. driving down 85 South, the big peach water tower, yeah, that's where Limestone is. Is that in Gaffney? Gaffney. There's a little outlet mall there. There's <laughs> that's all I know. People know the water tower. In the outlet, outlet mall. <laughs> but Limestone College is Limestone College there. in that outlet mall? In the <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Satellite campus. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, he, my coach had played there, and he got me a, a walk-on. And so I, I made the team, but I was kind of on the, on the bench the whole time. You rode the bench, huh? Mm -hmm. What position did you play? I was a pitcher. You were a pitcher? I'm left-handed, and I Ooh. threw slow. Wait, is that is that good? I, I no, it's not good, but it's just oh. different. They think, oh, he's going to throw. No. It barely got across the plate. Casey, that's terrible. I, I wanted like a good, mm -hmm. a good random fact. Mm -hmm. But I just tell people, yeah, I play. When people hear this. I play baseball in college. <clears throat> Strip mall college <laughs> by the Big Peach mm -hmm. in South Carolina. <clears throat> Man, that's yeah, that's that's terrible. Any other random facts about yourself that we <clears throat> need to know? No, you asked about my wife though. I got, I have four children as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go to that. Uh, Ten, eight, seven, and almost three. Three Man, girls and a boy, Layla, Layla, Libby, Lottie, and Liam. Yeah, let's go through their names. Let, tell me how, how you tell me where the names <clears> came from. So we were overseas with the International Mission Board, mm -hmm. the IMB, for seven years, and so our oldest was born overseas. Okay. We lived in North Africa in the Middle East, and so we wanted to give her a name that people could easily pronounce. My name they always messed up. Casey, they would call me Cassie. Hmm. Which I've been called that, making fun of. I was gonna say, school. like people, people still call you that here do. in America. They call me Cassie, so they would call me Cassie, and I was done with that. So I said, I'm not gonna do this to my daughter. So Layla is a uh, is a, a Middle Eastern name. Oh, okay. And it's I mean, people know the name Layla here. Yeah. So we named her Layla. So she was born in the Middle East. Uh, Libby, her real name, her full name is Elizabeth. Okay. My wife, her middle name is Elizabeth. So okay. she was named after. After her, we call her Libby. Lottie, her full name is Charlotte. Okay. Which was fine when we lived overseas. Name her Charlotte, but now we live in Charlotte, and her name is Charlotte. She's fine with it. Yeah. And then Liam, uh, he's named William. Okay. I'm a William. My dad's a William. It's a family name. Oh, okay. Carried on. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your missions history mm -hmm. with with the IMB. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know there's probably some things you can and can't share, mm -hmm. just share share what you want, share what yep. you can, and uh, let's just learn more about um, you and your life overseas mm -hmm. before you came. So it goes back a bit uh, in in high school, uh, I mentioned Matt Phipps, every year there would be uh, a group of seniors that would go overseas on a kind of a senior trip, mission trip. Mainly to Disney, right? With uh, no, 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 some that's, where Disney Matt, that's what Matt does, that's oh, what okay, Matt does, okay. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This is, he was real missional at this time. Right, right. Uh, so he, uh, no, he still is. 
So Matt would lead us uh, a team to North Africa and the Middle East. And so we went to a country I had never, I had, I think I had been to Canada one time mm -hmm. before that. I had zero kind of cross-cultural, I had no idea. I had wow. never, I had never been around a, a people that looked different, spoke a different language. You know, all the smells, everything is just completely different there. Right. And it was eye-opening. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, more importantly, to see that they, these are people that don't believe in, in any way a worldview, uh, a religion that I, that I even know about and, right. and, and agree with or, or know that it's true. And so went to this country and, and really it, it was eye-opening and, and convicting that, that these people without the hope of Christ will, will perish and spend eternity separated from him. And so 18, that really, that really grabbed my, my heart and my mm -hmm. affections for people to know who Christ is. Mm -hmm. And so came back, started college, met, met Amber soon after that. And so we, uh, she had a similar uh, experience uh, in, in overseas missions as a, as a young, just I guess in high school with her, her, her family and, and youth group. And she, she comes from a ministry family as well, yep. right? Her okay. father was a, right. was a pastor for many, many years mm -hmm. and she's from Charlotte as well. Okay. And uh, so similar stories uh, that kind of led us, I mean, it was one of the things that we knew that getting married, this is something that the Lord has put, mm -hmm. put on our hearts. And so after graduating from college, we went to Southeastern Seminary. They had a they have a program there that's specifically for people preparing for missions, wow. uh, for a career or, or any sort of long-term mission service. Mm -hmm. And so went to seminary and just began to prepare for, for life overseas. Mm -hmm. We didn't really have, I didn't feel the Lord had, had called us to a specific place at the time. I'm not sure if they still do this, but at the time, Southeastern had specific geographical regions, or now the IMB calls them affinities, uh, areas of the world where they're emphasizing sending church planters. Every year that changed. When we went, it was North Africa and the Middle East, and we thought, okay, we'll begin to pray, uh, and the Lord and pray and study about these areas, and the Lord just began, again, to grow our affection for, wow. for Muslim peoples. And so in 2007, we moved to North Africa uh, to a city of about... They call it a small city. Uh, it's a country about 90 million people. This city had uh, about nine million people. In one city. In one city. Wow. And it, was, it wasn't the capital city either. Wow. And so moved there, didn't have any kids at the time, began to learn Arabic, uh, began to build relationships with people and with the hopes of sharing the gospel, the gospel with them. Mm -hmm. how, how long were you there? We were, we were over, we were with the IMB for seven years. Okay. 07 to 14. Okay. Uh, but lived in multiple, multiple countries. Two of our kids were born overseas mm -hmm. in two different countries. And so we, we trekked them around all over. Um, tell us about some of, like, maybe just one or two experiences that you had there with sharing the gospel or maybe with someone coming to know Christ that's over mm -hmm. there. I mean, I, you know, be as sensitive as you need sure. to be, but um, I mean, I'd love to hear just a story of, someone leaving the Muslim faith mm -hmm. to come to come to Christ. Yeah. Unfortunately for us that we never saw that happen. Okay. Um, and that's really which, a, which is common. Uh, it it right. is common. Uh, and and it's a good and right thing to ask you know, what what is the Lord doing? And, and right. in some ways, you know, we don't we don't see the fruit of that. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder of our place in in this the the, the of sharing the gospel with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not the one that brings about the fruit in their life. It, right. it is 
it is the Spirit of God moving mm-hmm. in them. And so it may be that I'm able to see that person come to faith in Christ. It may be that I'm I'm one person in a line of people right. that share the gospel with right. them. Uh, but we had many experiences. Most people were were not antagonistic mm-hmm. to the gospel. Uh, they may have been indifferent. Uh, some were very interested. And but we, I, I said earlier, we built relationships and then shared the gospel. It wasn't that we uh, had to build up credibility to share the gospel. We wanted that to be something, and and this is something we even. In, as we minister here mm-hmm. in America, uh, I I don't have to build up a relationship, build credibility to then share the gospel. Uh, I want that to be what I, what people know who I am. They know mm-hmm. I'm about. I'm not right. saying every time I, we get together, I'm just gonna speak Jesus and that's gonna be everything I mm-hmm. say to you and nothing else. No, I'm gonna be your friend. Mm-hmm. We are friends, uh, but I want you to know what I'm about, what yeah. I believe in, how this that if. If the gospel of Jesus is so important to me, why wouldn't it be something that I'm that I'm regularly talking about? Right. That every decision that I make, the way I raise my kids, the way I treat my wife, the way I do everything, that is influenced by mm. the gospel. And I, I want you to know about that because yeah. it's important. So all I say is we, we did have many conversations with with our neighbors, with coworkers that I had, with uh, friends and colleagues that we would share the gospel um, as often as we could with mm-hmm. them. Uh, it looked different for, for me than it did for my wife. Again, we were in a, a Muslim context, and so for her as a woman, there's different societal things that are, that right. are placed on her where she doesn't, have, she doesn't have the mobility and ability to get out with and, and make friends and do the same things that I was able to do. So her, her sphere of influence was with uh, neighbors and teachers that mm-hmm. she had. Mine was with Again, coworkers and people I met in coffee shops and different mm-hmm. things like that, but really trying to use those opportunities to to share the gospel with people. I've heard several missionary friends talk about how difficult it is and how long of a process it is for someone who is who is in the Muslim faith to convert to right, absolutely Christianity, because mm-hmm. it's just a. I mean, there's so many. Like here, you come to Christ. You might have a couple buddies or a couple friends that just kind of, oh, mm-hmm. well, he's different now, yep. whatever, you know, and some things may change. But over there, it's like the, I mean, in that in that culture, your family, I mean, they disown you. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a whole lot it's of things that, yeah. that could happen. I mean, it, and it shows you the, the life-changing experience that comes with mm-hmm. knowing Christ. Mm-hmm. That uh, when, when a Muslim comes to faith, they're putting all of their faith and trust in Christ. Right. And it, it shows you the importance of the church and the body of Christ, that they're now, though their family may disown them, though their community, even their employers, even their government may, may disown what they're doing and even persecute them because of it, they are now a part of, of a real family, the family of faith, mm-hmm. and relying on brothers and sisters. And, and many times you'll talk to... to uh, Muslims that have, or excuse me, former Muslims that are that are believers, and to tell them to tell them that they're believers, brothers and sisters in America or wherever it may be, Africa, Asia, that are praying for them, for them to know mm-hmm. that there is a, a larger body of of believers that are praying for them, and and hoping that they have opportunities to share with their family and that they uh, will will persevere through persecution. It's a, it's a strong thing, but they, they have truly counted the costs mm-hmm. that this is, this is, it is better to follow Christ 
than to stay in this wow. religion and this this way of living that is ultimately going to end in eternity separated from him. Mm-hmm. So wow. you're right. It's it it's it makes you uh, cherish what we have in America, the freedoms mm-hmm. that we have, and and to not take that for granted and say, you know, the Lord is, has sovereignly placed us here, right. and so we should be bold in sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with, with our neighbors here mm-hmm. because at the moment we are freer to share, mm-hmm. and we don't have the, the societal persecutions or the right. physical persecutions yeah. that could happen that mm-hmm. the Lord has placed us here. We, we need to use that with intentionality in mm-hmm. sharing with people. So I remember the first time I ever met you mm. and Amber. We were in a staff meeting, and y'all came in, and this <laughs> was uh, just before I think you guys were going to come on staff, maybe. Um, or no, I, I think y'all were just in. I just think we were in here town. on the stateside. There you go. We were y'all here on in our town stateside. Can I clarify what that is? Stateside. Yeah, sure. So, uh, when for missionaries when they go overseas, usually with an organization, uh, they go over for a certain amount of time period. Usually, the IMB is what I know best. Uh, three years over serving overseas, mm-hmm. they then come back on what used to be called furlough. Some people still call it that. Others call it a stateside assignment. It's a time for them to come back to a, to their home country, whether that's America or wherever they're mm-hmm. from, and just to kind of rest, recharge, maybe connect with other churches. Yeah. Uh, and just a little plug here for our church. Yeah. Uh, that's something that Hickory Grove, this is not me, this has been happening with our church members and pastors for a long time. Hickory Grove does a great job mm-hmm. in caring for yeah. our missionaries. Uh, we have two houses uh, just behind our Harris campus that are free of charge. That are it feels it feels like you're walking into your to your mom's house. Yeah, it's just a, a warm place. Uh, we don't charge for that. There, you know, there's internet. The pantry's packed with food. You know, it it oh, is. Oh man, okay. Yeah, we, I we, didn't know all that. Yeah, yeah we what we've That's tried great. to do is uh, when someone comes in. Uh, on the stateside, a few months out, uh, we send them a, like a questionnaire. What's mm-hmm. your favorite candy? What's your favorite dessert? You oh, know? Man, and so cool. uh, my assistant, she and some other uh, ladies in our church that have, have made it kind of their their ministry to minister to our missionaries, they go and they buy all that stuff. And you, we walk in, fridge is full. You know, I like whole milk. Some people like skim milk. You like whole milk? Man, it's so good. You got to chew that stuff. It's sweet. Got a little sweetness to it. Anyways, That's I want to open the refrigerator and there would be whole milk in there. I don't want skim milk. Mm-hmm. You don't like like almond milk or soy milk or anything like that? Okay, go on. So all that to say is they, they take care of our mission. So when they mm-hmm. when they open the front door, uh, that's there. There's even a vehicle for them to use. Oh, and that's nice. so uh, it's a it's a neat ministry we have at Hickory Grove mm-hmm. where people can can come and just kind of Disconnect a bit, mm-hmm. recharge the batteries, get involved in in Hickory Grove yeah. in a essential class, that sort of thing. Going back to your question, that's not what you asked. Yeah, you asked. We were on a state side when the first time we met. I think that mm-hmm. was in two thousand and ten or twelve. We, no, it was two thousand and twelve. We came back for a wedding. Wait, I was, was telling the story. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving you the context. Oh, yeah, two thousand twelve yeah. uh, is when we met. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so you guys came in, and I remember Amber. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to go meet her and shake her hand. Chill. I didn't know what was happening, bro. I'd never seen <laughs> nothing like this before. But she had some sort of a like a tattoo, sort of like a some sort of markings. You all know what over it's called? Hand. Say it. Is it a henna? It's not a henna. Are you? Are <laughs> you? Henna? Are you? Pastor Clint? <laughs> a henna? He says the the like yeah. the henna. The tattoo. Walmart. The Walmart. There's the Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Like he says, hey, let's go eat at the Five Guys. <laughs> or hey, I was. 
On the Facebook. Anyway, sorry, Pastor. Anyway, um, yeah, so she had like a tattoo or something? Not a tattoo. Henna. Henna. Henna, Henna. tattoo. I, I didn't know what it was. So in a lot of Arab countries, mm-hmm. it's not just Muslim, Muslim and uh, there are some Orthodox Christians in some Arab countries. Uh, a lot of Arab countries for weddings or celebrations, they'll do henna. It's just a way uh, women usually do it on their hands, decorative. Mm-hmm. You even see it in India as well. Yeah. Henna, henna is a common thing used in weddings and celebrations. Yeah. And so we were coming back for a wedding and it was probably the only time she was gonna do it. So they, with the country we were living in, they did it really different. Uh, but she had, I mean, it was just, sometimes it's decorative, hers mm-hmm. wasn't, de- it was just, I think it was just like real dark brown. It was really but cool. it, and it was up her leg, to, like up to yeah, her yeah. calf or something. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, I didn't you, see Your that, face, yeah, yeah you, it didn't act like, you didn't act like it bothered you. <laughs> well, you like, well, I didn't, you know, you go to shake someone's <laughs> hand and you, you just, just <laughs> kind of glance and you say, well, hey, what, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. So, so she had some friends. It was a neat opportunity that uh, she had our, our landlord's wife and I think maybe her sisters or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it took them like hours and hours. Oh, I bet. Amber decided to do this the night before we were coming back to America. And so mm-hmm. they put it on there and then they wrapped her hands in uh, saran wrap and her feet in saran wrap so she couldn't move. She's like, yeah, it has to, they said it has to sit here for a couple hours. So I had to get everything ready, pack up everything. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about getting one. A tattoo? I mean, uh, a henna. Because it's not permanent, right? It'll, it's come not permanent. It'll come off. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. get one, I don't know, maybe right here or lower back, you know, whatever. Of <laughs> the neck. <laughs> no. Okay, so anyway, so so around that time, you guys, well, I don't know exactly what time it was, maybe 2014, 2015, you Came guys transitioned mm-hmm. to Hickory Grove. Mm-hmm. And you became our missions pastor, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been really it's been really neat to see how we we don't just do missions in like uh, you know there, there are lots of churches who just kind of go on trips. You just kind of go trip, and it's mm-hmm. real touristy. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll go to Africa and do three days of safari and one day of ministry, or you know something. That's, yeah, <laughs> you're accustomed to that's which your is sort of thing. What whatever, which is typical, but you know. Mm-hmm. What we do here, we have strategic partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some of those just for a second. Yeah. Like, you know, this podcast is for our church, mm-hmm. and so it's for them to kind of know some of the things that we're doing and stuff like that. So let's just talk um, some of the trips and kind of what some of them mm-hmm. look like um, throughout. Just Let's just look at 2020. Yeah. So I mean, when we think about missions, it's not just we, we quickly go to the ends of the earth. Right. And we want to go to rightly so, to places that have not heard the gospel or have limited access. But at Hickory Grove, I mean, our, our approach is looking at our, from our children. We, our children are our first, if you have children, our home, our spouses, our coworkers, those near us mm-hmm. are, are those that the Lord has, again, like we said earlier, strategically put us in front of those right. people to share the gospel. And so we want to equip our members to share the gospel, make disciples there in our city. I mean, our city is... Uh, not just people that don't know Jesus, also the nations are here. Right. I just read a statistic the other day, uh, 17,000 refugees have been placed in Charlotte since 2000. Wow. 17,000. That's not to mention other other nationalities that have come here for study or just work or whatever they may be. The nations are here. Our our city is in need of Christ, our state, our country, and to the ends of it. So when we think about missions in this just short-term engagement is what we're 
what you're asking, uh, we look at all those. Mm -hmm. We don't just put all of our eggs in going overseas. It, it's here locally, it's in our state, it's in our mm -hmm. country. And so our mission trips and mission engagement looks the same. We do uh, ministry projects and try to I equip and engage people in our church to serve locally. Mm -hmm. Also in, I mean, specifically for this year, uh, looking at our middle school students. They're going, uh, previously they've, uh, they've done things locally. Now we're gonna send them uh, to Casel, down to the beach in the spring. It ain't time to go swimming, but there's ministry, <laughs> there's ministry opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, churches down there that are in need of some help uh, in, in ministering in their community, and we're able to, to provide uh, young men and women who want to, to put their faith to, into action do that. Our, our high school students are going to Philadelphia and to Washington, D.C., uh, two neat places. We're not going there to sightsee. They'll they'll see all the all the historic stuff. But sure. our primarily, they're going there to partner with church planters, mm -hmm. uh, church planters, men that have been called, and have going to cities like Philadelphia and D.C. that have a need for gospel believing churches. These men have gone there to plant these churches with their families, many of them, and we can come alongside of that and help multiply their efforts. Mm -hmm. One of the things we think about, I think about when we send a team is I don't want to cause more work right. and just more headache for a missionary or a church planner. I want us to go, teams and individuals, when we go, that we are adding to mm -hmm. the work being done. Already doing, yeah. that, that they need our help mm -hmm. uh, and, and we can say you know we're here we don't and we don't go with our own preconceived hey here's what we want to do no if you're if you're a church planter or a missionary I would say Gerald what are your what are your needs that you have and how can we help meet those mm -hmm. needs of not just you but with your people group or the city that you're in mm -hmm. that sort of thing that's good so we, we send our high school students to Philadelphia and uh, to Washington DC we've sent we've partnered with other uh, NAM Church Planners, NAM, the North American Mission Board, mm -hmm. is our sending arm of, of Southern Baptist. We are Southern Baptist Church. We also partner in multiple countries and with people groups throughout the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, all those kind of fit in the same, uh, we look at the same parameters when we're choosing who we're going to partner with. One of the first things that we look at as a church is uh, where, where are we sending our own uh, people on mission? And so we have church members who are missionaries uh, all over the world. So we want Man, to. We, we've sent a lot of church. Members we have sent out. a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, total in long-term uh, church planters and missionaries, we have a, I think it's about twenty-seven uh, units. So what I mean by unit is either uh, maybe a single individual or mm -hmm. a family. family yeah. But so twenty-seven units mm -hmm. that are serving in multiple capacities yeah. all over the world. And so That's it's incredible. It's, we have folks that are ministering in, in countries that are not e easily to access, mm -hmm. others that are in other countries that are quite open, and so we're able to to minister to to the ends of the earth, mm -hmm. truly, uh, just by partnering with our sent out ones from Hickory Grove. And we support a lot of these. I we mean, do. These missionaries, it's not like we just send them and then That's we right. just, you know. We support on, on multiple ways. We, we right. pray for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we send teams mm -hmm. to help with ministry. We also support them financially through our through our denomination but also I mean something we talk about quite regularly is is our plus one missions mm -hmm. plus one is is the way that we fund all mission endeavors mm -hmm. in Grove, whether that's sending short-term teams uh, local ministries that we have 
all of it is done through. When we have a missionary that comes uh, out of Hickory Grove and goes out, we, we support them. Mm -hmm. it, That's plus good, one's man. funny, it may not be given directly to them, but it may be supporting the team members from Hickory Grove that are going to right. be a part of that short-term right. team. And so primarily I, I look at how are we gonna partner with, the, if we're sending them out, we believe in this family or this person who's going out. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe in the mission and what the Lord's called them to, and we wanna yeah. be a part of that in sending our teams. And so that's, that's how we think about as we send them and as we send our, our, these teams to join them, we want to make a gospel impact. Mm -hmm. So our teams may, they may be doing construction, they may be going into schools and doing VBSs, they may be doing street evangelism, they may be doing picking up trash in someone's yard, they may be doing all these different things, but those are avenues and bridges to the gospel. Mm -hmm. that, that ministry may be freeing up a church planter in Philadelphia to share the gospel with a homeowner mm -hmm. while someone is cleaning their front yard. Right. We may be doing a VBS at a school in you know, a country in Central or South America. Mm -hmm. That's freeing up the, pastor, the local pastor there and missionaries to be able to share with leadership. Sure. It may be that we're working through a translator. I, mean, I went to Mozambique last year mm -hmm. and we were helping uh, some young men there, evangelists in the church, how to work on, do some small, simple things on motorcycles. I don't have a clue about motorcycles. But I'm sitting there, and this guy's doing, he's doing something on the motorcycle, one of the other teammates that we had. And that was a bridge. He said, you're, you're coming here to help me work on my motorcycle? I said, yeah. I'd like to share a story with you if you'd like. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the Mozambican <coughs> evangelists, he, uh, he began to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. He's from a Muslim background. These gentlemen were Muslim. And so he shared the gospel through, through Abraham and offspring. It was just a neat opportunity mm -hmm. that by us coming there, providing a service to work on a motorcycle, a very simple thing, it was a open door mm -hmm. to the gospel that they invited us to come back yeah. later. And so we want everything we do, it's the same way that I approach my, my job here in America and I think how just as believers where we are as our, our homes and our workplaces, these are avenues to the gospel. I'm not first and foremost a pastor. I'm first and foremost a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. You're not first and foremost whatever your profession is, a teacher or whatever. You're first and foremost a follower of Christ. Right. And that, that in gives me a platform to share with, I'm a teacher. I have a platform with other teachers. Oh, yeah. The families yeah, of my students. children. And oh, so yeah. It, you, that is, if you're, if you're in, a, in an office, if you're a, a business person, that is an opportunity for you to minister mm -hmm. to folks and to share yeah. the gospel. And so we want to use that same mentality That's good, man. as we as we send our teams overseas. You know, I, I went to Mozambique <coughs> several years ago. It was probably the most epic trip I've ever been on. And it was one of those things where we we were on a boat mm -hmm. where about it maybe once an hour we had to mm -hmm. bail about ten gallons of water mm -hmm. out. It was it was incredible. Went with it was just five guys, um, ten days of looking for villages, mm -hmm. and I mean, most of those people have never seen white people, mm -hmm. much less me. <coughs> and um, I mean, it was it was incredible. But to see some of our missionaries on the field. Mm -hmm. um, run to opportunities mm -hmm. to share the gospel with these people. Man, it was it was incredible. It was a great trip. And so there wasn't much sightseeing on that trip. It was I felt like every day it was a new adventure. Right. 
and you know it, even you know being on the boat and just doing that whole thing it just felt like like biblical days you, oh, yeah. you're, you're just sailing to a place that hopefully when you get there they'll be nice mm-hmm. to you you know or whatever mm-hmm. and um, and in, in your specific instance and and this is this is true of many of our missionaries that may not be in as remote geographically but people that they're meeting it's likely the first time they've ever heard the gospel yeah yeah and uh, yeah it's just a neat opportunity and it's it, it's it, it the next day it's the same thing mm-hmm. and so really folks that we're sending out and even if you look in parts of our of our country and we even take for granted we sometimes just oh we're in we're in Charlotte we're in the south people know about Jesus yeah they they may know the name of Jesus but mm-hmm. they've they've never heard an explicit gospel right message mm-hmm. they've had some preconceived notions of who Jesus is so even in Charlotte and in parts of our country that they, they don't know who Jesus is and so our sent out ones from Hickory Grove and those we partner with may be the first time they've ever heard the name of Christ communicated clearly mm-hmm. um, and so it, it's a neat opportunity for our people you know I, I used to think <clears throat> if I go someplace and invite them to church I've shared the gospel right you know, growing up, it was like, hey, let's go share the gospel today. Here's a business card. Get them to come to church, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just it, it's just weird. It's like I would go and get the people to come to church, and then they can hear the professional guy That's right. tell everyone about Christ. Right. But we're trying to flip that on its head That's right. to where everyone should know the gospel. Yeah. And we should be able to go out and share the good news That's of Christ right. with everyone. Right. You don't. None of us are professionals. Right. None of us have it all figured out. But we do believe, and we have the, the, the doctrine of the priesthood of the believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same spirit that indwells me indwells you mm-hmm. and all those that are that are called by Christ. Yeah. And so we believe that you're, you're capable and, and equipped with the spirit and, and Jesus to go out and tell mm-hmm. people about Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have a lot of opportunities for our people yeah. to do that at Hickory Grove. Um, through local things, through um, kind of far away things, but still in in the mm-hmm. U.S., but also all, all over the earth. And um, thanks for sharing some yep. of that stuff today. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you have an anniversary coming up soon, right? You're you've been here how long? Five years or so? Five years. Five years. It's been a long still time. Here. <laughs> no, it's been great, man. And just to see, um, you've played a vital part mm-hmm. in helping us as pastors and as a church to to. Um, to think about um, missions differently. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us grew up in different different ways as far as thinking about missions or whatever, mm-hmm. and you've really helped us to refine that and give us a kind of that pinpoint accuracy with who we are and mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be doing um, as believers in, in Christ Jesus. So, I appreciate you saying that. Man, it's, it's been really cool. Your family is um, amazing. Um, many times I'll bump into someone talking about you know how they were been discipled or whatever and you've played a part in that certainly Amber's played a huge part in that more more Amber than I just kind of said you just <laughs> no I'm teasing but uh Amber is um there's no doubt she's a wonderful man and it's been great to see how mm-hmm. how you guys have ministered to the people here at Hickory Grove and even I mean a lot of our college students that are um on the mission field now or mm-hmm. um in the local schools um, colleges that are doing those types of things, mm. um, leading leading small groups or you know missions, all that kind of stuff. Mm. You've played a, a pretty vital part in that. It's been neat to see. I like to think that I have. Yeah. What What's been really neat is, I mean, five years has not been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
coming back to Hickory Grove after being here my whole life mm -hmm. and, and talking with our high school students and college students, uh, the things that they're thinking about, the priorities they have in their life of sharing with their, mm -hmm. with their classmates and thinking, you know, pretty early on in high school, I mean, ninth and 10th grade, hey, what, how am I gonna leverage my college, my college degree and my time in college to further the name of Christ? Right. I mean, those were the questions I was thinking about yeah. when I was in high school. <laughs> right. you, I mean, no, not me. And so, I think I'm a small piece of that. But yeah. to say that our our, our students uh, are being discipled mm -hmm. in the in their homes by their parents, and also are being led well by our student pastors here yeah, that are that are putting the the primacy on on the God, knowing the gospel mm -hmm. and and telling others about that mm -hmm. and how your your life is is meant to to proclaim the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really neat to see that. Yeah. And even to see folks uh, of, of different ages, uh, the Lord Lord calling them. Mm -hmm. We just had a family, a, a husband and wife, they're, they're, all their children are grown. Uh, he's recently retired. And they're spending three months in, in a country. They're, they're in Europe, but it's a country that has a lot of, of folks immigrating from Africa mm. and North Africa and in the Middle East as well. And so it's a place, kind of a hub for them to minister. Yeah. I mean, they're in the prime of their life. You know, they don't have yeah. their kids at home, retired, and they've chosen to leverage that for the gospel. That's strong, man. And so that, that's, that's thankfully, that's becoming more common. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's the norm, or should be the norm at Grove, and it's becoming more that way. And so mm -hmm. it's it really encouraging. Yeah. Well, you you played a vital part in that, well, and, and, that and helping us to see um, to see the world. So that's that's been neat, man. Well, I appreciate your time being here. Appreciate um, uh, your heart for uh, ministry and, and your heart for Hickory Grove and and the people that um, that we serve. So thanks, thanks for being here, man. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.